This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's a correspondent special, 73. 73. Uh, I think it's a seven. Only only heaven sounds like seven. Uh, yeah. Leaven, leaven. Like leaven bread, yeah. Heaven, 11. 73, leaven be me. I am bread. <laughs> leaven be me. Like a very like crowbar in riddle answer. <laughs> or, or, or something you say when you're um, you're surprised by something. Well, eleven be me. <laughs> well, eleven be me. Seven well, sharks. Be me. Well, eleven be me. Phil Wang, how the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So, correspondent special. Um. George gets in touch. George, let us gorge upon your correspondence. It's true. Uh, his ti- the title is George from Brixton again with more filth. <laughs> George from Brixton, yeah, nice one. Let's hear your your filth from from below the Thames. He says, uh, "Hey again, butt squats." <laughs> I like that. George from Brixton here again with more filth from my salad days. And by salad, I mean the anemic <laughs> shreds of wet lettuce and onion you get coming out of the back of a Lancaster kebab. Gosh. <laughs> a Lancaster two... kebab sounds like a horrible torture. Uh, that sounds like something something a gang, gangs in Lancaster do to each other as an initiation. Awful sex act. Gave him a Lancaster kebab. Oh, Yeah. A, a lamb skewer on the end of your knob. Ugh. Black. <laughs> Horrible. Anyway, we've already filled this up before, George. Yep, we've 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 prepped the 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 land for you there, George. Um, I have two stories for you. Both involve fairly ghastly things happening to innocent people. Oh no. <laughs> he he adds, no one was hurt, but pretty much everyone suffered. Okay, this is good. This is a perfect butt pod story. No one was hurt, but everyone suffered. <laughs> <laughs> this man kept farting in a crowded pub. No one was hurt, but everyone suffered. <laughs> so, he says, story one, the human shield. Gosh. Ten okay. years ago. It's a good title, yeah, Human Shield. Very good title. <laughs> Ten years ago, I had a leaving due before going travelling for six months. Um, mm-hmm. After some fruity behaviour across five pubs and bars, it culminated in Maidenhead's most lascivious den of iniquity, Smoky Joe's. 
Maidenhead. I've performed Maidenhead a couple of times. I've probably walked past Smokey Joe's. Oh, we've all gigged at Norden Farm Art Center, Phil. Yes, of course. Who hasn't? Um, at Smoke. So he ends up at Smokey Joe's, the kind of place you get dysentery from if you order anything less than forty percent ABV. There is nothing more suspect than a restaurant in the UK with an American-y name. Oh, that yes. is the that's the one to avoid the most. If it's like Yeehaw's Grill and it's in Cheem, don't go. <laughs> the American Texas Diner in Wolverhampton. Yeah, yeah, stay away. Also, um, I often find that in dinery places in the UK when they go, rack of ribs, and it's like 15 quid, so you think, oh, like a proper rack of ribs, and it'll be like five ribs. Yeah, it's like some ribs they got at Sainsbury's yeah. fucking local. They haven't understood and that we, we want half a rib cage here, people. Yeah, this is not a rack. This is an rack. Uh, after drinking myself into comfortable oblivion, my girlfriend propped me up on a stool and I had everyone line up to say goodbye. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, very good. Paying the dues like it's a Don Corleone. <laughs> so he's propped thank up you, on a stool. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for coming. Um, on the day of my maidenhead pub crawl. <laughs> <laughs> I'll so, buy you a sambuca you can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have the decency to buy me around. <laughs> so he says, uh. My girlfriend propped me up on a stool and I had everyone line up to say goodbye. <laughs> like, yeah. Like a spent puppet, I sat there. <laughs> a spent puppet. A spent puppet. I sat there <laughs> and feebly attempted to return the hugs I was given. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture this so well. Yeah. Just a sort of just a sort of delirious smile. And just eyelids sort of hovering a l- at about 90% closed. A just lolling head. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, as an old friend came up to say goodbye, I shooed her away. <laughs> what, the girlfriend or the old friend? The old friend. <laughs> okay. Pushing her when she got close. <laughs> I managed to babble... Fuck off. Go away. (laughs) At which point, another friend stood to her defense and came up to me with a few choice words to say about my manners. (laughs) Fuck off. Go away. Fuck off. Go away. So, a friend came up with a few choice words to say about my manners. She'd managed to say the words, George, how dare you say... Before my hand reached my face. Okay. Through the gaps in my fingers, hot, fizzy, sour vomit. Please. Oh, no. (laughs) Lashed across her face in three perfect streams. (laughs) I mean, he really wanted her to fuck off, didn't he? That looks like he went, fuck off, go away. And to make you go away, bleh, <laughs> like the exorcist. Like, he says, fuck off, go away. And then a new person comes up and goes, George, how dare you? Bleh. <laughs> like a defense, like a squid. 
it's it's such a funny reaction to how dare you because that implies you don't have manners and you're responding with vomit in their face. <laughs> George, how dare blip. Yeah. So through the gaps in his fingers, hot fizzy sour vomit lashed across her face in three perfect streams. Yeah, he split it with his fingers. <laughs> the sheer force. Oh man, um, like a like a light experiment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in her hair, in her eyes, and in her mouth. Oh god, because she was mid-speech, of course. As she turned away, my spasming stomach maintained the ordinance. <laughs> <laughs> As she burst into tears and a harem <laughs> of girls followed her into the toilets to unpollute her face, I was shepherded out of the bar to go home. Oh my gosh. And they're all there, they, were, they all came to celebrate him as well. That's the yeah. part. My hands glistening with steaming vomit as I waved my friends goodbye. I'm amazed a taxi took him in that state. Um, it gets worse, he says. Mm, oh, yeah, he shit himself in the, in the taxi. No. I have a feeling I After that okay. catastrophe, Ooh. in a fit of drunken misjudgment, in a fit of drunken misjudgment, my brother then took that same girl home that very night. Oh, vomit girl. So the brother ends up getting off with the vomit victim. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Is that a system they have? I don't, I don't, I don't think that system is reliable I do, enough I do, to him. I don't remember this chapter of the game. <laughs> what you want after the card trick? Throw up in her face. <laughs> after you've done a card trick with your peacock hat. Um, so he says, uh, and the very worst bit was, he could not achieve an erection in the end because she still smelled of sick. Oh my god, yes, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Keep it in your pants for one night. Come on. I think if you, if you in your head know that you're going out on a pub crawl, if, you, if you're going to take the pub crawl seriously to any degree, you have to accept that there's going to be no good banging for anyone. No, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. all embarking no, on a voyage. No one ever says, I went on a pub crawl and then I had this amazing sex. <laughs> I was saying I had a vindaloo followed by the best sex of my life. It's like, it's, <laughs> there are just some things that if you put in your body, you're, you, you're not going to have a sexy time. I was painfully full of hot, the hottest food legally available and fizzy alcoholic poison. Fuck. Oh, I feel sick. I feel sick because there, there are people who who do that. There are people out there who do that. <laughs> they must. In in my head, the only way that two people who've had that evening could could bang safely is if they both shook hands at the start and said, "There are gonna there there are gonna be farts." Ugh! You have to put down newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> like you're training a, a pet. <laughs> yeah like plastic cling film like you're about to murder someone in American Psycho or something like you're Dexter yeah 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 exactly <laughs> so uh, story number two from George oh uh, great 
The title of this story is Oi, Sick Boy. He's good at his titles. These are like like Frasier chapters. Yes. It's like Frasier like, title cards. He's the Frasier of Maidenhead. And then it's an outline of the Northern Art Farm Art Centre. Some vomit and scrambled eggs. Just an, an outline of Smoky Joe's and the Northern Farm Art Centre's. Story number two. Oi, sick boy. Once again in Smoky Joe's. God, hey, you know what? Smoky Joe's sounds like the common denominator here, George. How about, um, yeah. how about you stop going all Smoky Joe's there? Yeah. Once again in Smoky Joe's, Maidenhead's answer to what if there was a Chernobyl-themed bar... <laughs> Um, I'd had another fairly fruity night with the gang yep I've heard this story before I do I do I do like um, describing yeah something I do really love is um, drinking at like a regional town or a university town and and describing it in in that kind of Bertie Wooster way is really appealing to me I really love it (laughs) fruity we had a fairly fruity night with the gang. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, I miss pubs. Um, so, he had another fairly fruity night with the gang, with a particular emphasis on getting in shots. Great. Yep. Most of these were Sambuca, which has the unfortunate property hey! of being... Yeah, you knew it. You knew it. It was coming. Knew it. Most of these were Sambuca, which has the unfortunate property of being absolutely fucking repellent. I can't. I the first Sambuca I had in fucking Bath or whatever when I moved to the UK, I was so confusing. It's like you are rebelling. You're break. We're breaking the law so that we we can drink this. And this is what we're 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 getting we're getting things on our permanent record. So that we can taste some fucking, <laughs> some fucking aniseed poison vodka. Yeah, just Bertie Bassett's spaff. Oh, no thanks. Horrible. I've always wondered about Americans, so they always, in, in TV shows, always go, my permanent record? It's like, what's it, the KGB? What do you mean permanent record? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, and an, an amazing... An amazing idea that America could be that centralized or that so detailed and centrally governed as to give everyone in yeah. the country a permanent record. And like, but the, the permanent record is sort of, it's like run by like your high school principal or something. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, anyway, anyway. It's goddamn says, McCarthyism. It's goddamn McCarthyism. I'm not now, nor have I ever been a member of the Communist Party. Um, Ronald Reagan was one of the few Hollywood people to testify and name names, the the coward. Yeah. Terrible. Naughty old Reagan. Um, Therefore, after a few too many of these, and on a foundation of white Russians from the bar before, oof. Man. Milky. What what is it about early days drinking? Actually, well, there's there's no way to... Prove that this was in George's early days of drinking, but it's a uniquely British phenomenon. As when you start drinking, you have to start with the most vile versions of alcohol you can possibly find. 
Yeah, I guess because I guess that's just what your budget can handle, I suppose, at that point. Well, and and also like it's all vile to you because you're not used to the taste yet, I guess. Mm, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So he says, therefore, after a few too many of these sambuka shots and on a foundation of white Russians from the bar before, it all got too much for my poor organs. They evacuated the contents of my stomach with such reckless abandon that I wasn't able to prepare. Yeah, this sounds, again, very true to form. I'm surprised they don't have a photo of George behind the bar at Smokey (laughs) Joe's that just says, don't give this man liquids. So he says, uh, it came out with such reckless abandon, I wasn't able to prepare. The best I could do was ambitiously attempt to close my lips. <laughs> yeah. With your fingers, maybe. Because yeah. that worked before. However, this had the unwelcome effect of creating an aperture that, if anything, concentrated the jet of gut gravy. <laughs> right. So you made, yeah, he made a vomit laser. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which, uh, uh, which uh, shot across the heads and shoulders of the group of people sitting in front. God. Realizing Jesus. too late what was in motion, my brother grabbed me and pushed me to the toilets, turning back to mollify the victims. How do you how do you calm those people down? What do you say? Yeah, sorry about him. Drink He's Sarah full nurse. of sick. Ugh. That's vomit you've got on you there. In returning to find me, uh, no, in returning to me, he found me at the back of a long queue for the toilets, arms folded and waiting patiently with my cheeks full to bursting with vomit. Oh, Jesus And dripping Christ. down my chin. Oof. Like <laughs> a vile hamster. Tapping his foot, checking his watch. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Hey, what's a, what's a hold-up? mm <laughs> Making his excuses to the line, he pushed me to the front and emptied my face into the sink. Fuck, the sink. That's going to get plugged up, man. Fuck. I hate this. I hate this. Because, <laughs> you know, we've all gone into a public bathroom and there's been just a sink clogged up with vomit. There's been a, there's been a crime you, in the sink. And you go, which fucking piece of shit did this? And it turns out it's one of our very own listeners. I don't know what to believe anymore. The worst is if it's a train station bathroom, because then you go, oh, there's a whole story here, isn't there? There's a whole story, and no one is going to clean this up. That's what you Yeah, this is a problem now. Um, so he says, the rest of the night is a blur, but the morning after, my head felt utterly cobained. Wow, very good. Yeah. Very good. And my mouth tasted like a junkie's carpet. Mm. Part two mm. of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, a week later, I was in the local Weatherspoons when I heard a man call out, Oi, sick boy! <laughs> I thought nothing of it until I heard it again and again. Eventually, a man, a bit taller and older than me, came up and looked me in the eye. Oi, sick boy, you don't remember me, do you? Smoky Joe's last week. You threw up on me and my girlfriend. Oh, wow. At that point, my guts turned to goulash. And I knew he was about to make my face into a paste. Sounds like something would have happened to Marty McFly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> hey, pew boy. You threw up my, me and my girlfriend. Um, given that I have me about and my girl. As, yeah. Given that I have about as much fight in me as Theresa May's final three months in power, I had already accepted death. Lovely little uh, satire drive-by there. Very nice. However, he put his hand out and said, You recovered yet? 
I shook his hand Aww. nervously, and he explained how apologetic I was after it had happened, and how many drinks I had bought them afterwards to make up for it. I'd even helped wash it out of their clothes with Lou Roll from the bar. Ah, oh, good on him. Good drunk. That's a good drunk. <laughs> also, I'm so sorry I got so drunk. Let me buy you some drinks. <laughs> yeah. I'm now, so sorry. Any... <laughs> I'm so sorry I threw up. It was because I drank all that poison. Would you like some poison? <laughs> Maybe you can throw up. <laughs> with any my financial help. Now, any non-British listeners listening to the story might think, oh, gosh, this, this George fellow sounds like he might have a, a drinking problem, having a, a drunk excessively one weekend only to return to a different pub the next weekend. But no, th- if anything, uh, th- George is one of the more responsible drinkers in this country. Yes, it, it, George, George is a vicar who works with um, troubled youths. If anything, this is the story of, of, of a journeyman drinker. This is yes. That every single British person is George in this story at least once or twice in their life. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. single one. Us even included. M- me. Yeah. Yeah. Even me. Even us. That's um, why I can feel all of George's stories with such visceral clarity. Yeah. Yeah, whereas I always get the impression that in America you'd only hear stories like this in a church basement in an AA meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I shook his hand nervously and da 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 da. A cautionary tale. Uh, quite a pleasant end to an otherwise grisly story, but a cautionary tale against going to Smoky Joe's or being anywhere near me if I'm there. Um, what? Ho- hope you enjoyed, chaps. What? Keep on jacking it. Your man in the field, George. Again, George is not listening to his own advice to stay away from Smoky Joe's and to stay away from him when he is inevitably in Smoky Joe's. George, don't go to Smoky Joe's. This isn't our problem. <laughs> You're the one who keeps going to Smoky Joe's. Don't warn us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. But I, lo- I love, uh, I love um, in the same way as uh, a fruity night with the gang, I also love your man in the field. I really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's very uh it's very world war ii gentleman spy isn't it yeah i love it um so uh we <laughs> we have a great email from uh he signed it off j j-a-y oh nice j j mysterious j yeah so if you remember we had an email about someone who um they lived with a girl who wears her brother's pants. Ugh, yeah. Wait, this is my story. Oh, wait, was it you describing it? Yeah. Yes, no, someone told you. It wasn't an email, was it? Yeah, it was, it was um, my friend. She, when she runs out of her own pants, will wear her brother's pants. Absolutely repellent. In, in Extraordinary, yeah. I, yeah. I remember that I asked you if they live in Pornhub. <laughs> I think you said, what are they, the Lannisters? <laughs> so, Jay's email refers to this, right? He says, hi, both. Um, hi. I've recently discovered the podcast, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it during these rather strange times. Thank you, Jay. Uh, while listening to number 57, I was intrigued to hear the story about the girl who wears her brother's boxes as pajamas. I agree, it's mm. mental. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And that's not the end of the email, although that would be very funny. <laughs> Just to send the email going, yes. I agree, that um, is mental. Bye. 
Yeah, so he says, I agree it's mental. Then he continues, if you think that's mental, try this on for size. <laughs> well, she did. That's why it's so gross. Yeah. My girlfriend wears her father's boxes as pajamas. No! No! What is going on? And to make matters what more insane, on? to make matters more insane, Phil, she only wears them during her monthly womanly moon cycle. <gasps> I don't un- I don't know where to look. I'm alone in my room and I don't know where to look. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Oh, I think, wait, did Jay God. say her dad's her dad's old boxes or her dad's current boxes? Surely old. Please, if there if there is any god in this universe, let them be old boxes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> No, she just she just walks up to her dad and says, "I'm I'm on my period. Hand him over." And he immediately <laughs> just hands her a ball, a ball of middle-aged man wife fronts. Oh, he's their uh, boxes. They are boxes. These did, are boxes. Yeah, boxes. Oh my god. Oh, I hate this. I hate this. I wish you hadn't read this email out. I hate this. Yeah, it's not nice to hear about the the daddy's period pants. oh my god want some comfortable underwear during that time of the month ask your dad apparently try daddy's try daddy's daddy's cycle pants so god my, he said. So as he says, my girlfriend wears her father's boxes as pajamas, and to make matters more insane, she only wears them during her monthly womanly moon cycle. It's the creepiest situation I've been in, and frankly, I find the whole thing borderline incestuous. <laughs> it's not right. You, you are well within your rights to feel that way, Jay. This, yeah. this, this puts my brother sister story well in the shade. I reckon. Yeah, I think so. I think it's an, a significant escalation here on the border. Fuck, we fucking all here. This gal in the fucking fritzel pants. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> Nothing fits like a fritzel pant. <laughs> it fritzels great. Sure, your pants fit, but do they fritz? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he says, I mean, talk about an, an electro-complex. The sight of her father's boxes adorning my partner sends cold shivers down my <sighs> spine. It's like he's in the room watching and comforting during a rather private personal time. <laughs> <laughs> like Obi-Wan's force ghost. Fucking hell. Hovering. Jesus. I was glad to hear about your own personal boxer short conundrum, and I now take comfort in knowing that I do not suffer alone, nor am I the only one who thinks that wearing a sibling's or parent's underwear is bizarre. These these are people who will put their sex toys in the dishwasher. These are people who go, <laughs> well, it's all, it's, I washed it, it's clean. It's like, the- there's some things you can't clean. There's some <laughs> things you cannot wash off, isn't it? <laughs> How they'll, much they'll faith put, do these people have in soap? They'll put, they'll, they, they, for them, the sex toys in the dishwasher and wearing your dad's pants, are, the only issues are logistical cleaning ones, and after that, they can't think of any abstract problems. <laughs> it, it's an astonishing failure of imagination, isn't it? It's a, how many more people out there 
Are there like this? Does does she not put on the boxes thinking, ah, these are the these are the things that uh, hug my own dad's dick and balls? These are the things that soak up a little drop of piss every time he goes to the toilet. Yeah. Ah. Ah, how n- nice. These form a little pube hammock <laughs> regularly on for on my daddy's long old balls. Oh, these rub up against dad's gooch and soak up all his daddy sweat. <laughs> oh my god. These pants, these pants don't know what's going on. Yeah, and he says, I'm glad to get that off my chest. Keep up the good work, Jay. Bloody hell, hey? Wow. I mean, that is quite a story. That's amazing. It's, you, it's, it's not until you, you, you hear a story like that that you realize sort of how lucky you are, really. And Yeah. And how Some, good you have it and, and how normal your life actually is. <laughs> A story like that, if you ever stop and think, is my family a bit weird? And then you read that and you go, oh, fine, fine. (laughs) Like, you could think something like, oh, my family's a bit weird because, I don't know, every Saturday we all wear onesies and have pancakes and it's a big thing. And you go, yeah, but this, 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 this lady's wearing her dad's pants, so I wouldn't worry. Yeah, my family's a fucking Flanders next to this guy. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> We're all Rod and Todd next to the daddy pants. <laughs> well, great, um, great, we have uh, a very great email, Jay. Thank you very much. Great email, Jay. Thank you for that. Do keep us updated. We're a little out of date, so I hope you're still. Uh, I hope if you hear this, you you keep us updated. We'll have a running thing. Um, P. Danny, uh, or Danny P, rather, has sent us uh, interesting photos, which I will describe to you. Okay. He's titled the email Dystopian Tat. Wow, okay, nice one, nice one. Very, and, uh, very yeah. relevant. And it is dystopian. Um, he says, hey, Beeps, which I quite like. Yeah, Beeps is cute. I like Beeps. Hey, Beeps, I came across this relic from happier, tattier times. Enjoy, Koji, Danny P. <laughs> and so I'll describe the photo to you, Phil, because it was quite confusing. The initial photo is a photo of a house um, in, the, in the middle of being demolished, I'd say. Okay, okay. As in, like, so, there's a wrecking ball coming at it, or it's just, like, falling apart. So the photo is taken from behind. You know those, like, um, big fences they put up around building sites? Yep, yep, yep. And so, assuming that it was Danny P who took this picture, he's, he stood uh, on the r- street side of the fence looking in. And mm-hmm. through the fence, we can see a house that is now just a shell. So there's no roof. The windows and doors have all been smashed out. It's all exposed bricks. There's rubble everywhere. Big skip full mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and so you're looking directly into the shell of a house, like a World War II level in a game. Sure. Gotcha. And that's all it is. So I thought, well, that's not Tat. And then the next picture, it's zoomed in on one of the hollow windows a little bit. And you can just make out something on the wall. Some scribbles, it looks like. (laughs) Wait, there's a message. Wait, enhance. (laughs) And we zoom in a little more, Phil. And eagle-eyed whoever even found this incredible you look in there and there scribbled on the wall of the shell of the wrecked house in curly whirly writing um i would say okay so the top line of this tat on the wall phil it's wall tat 
the top line is like, you know, with cursive inscriptions, sometimes they just go, instead of letters, just initially some curly-whirly symmetrical drawings. Mm-hmm. Like, like the top of a newspaper, like all swirls and leaves and things. But but with the letter incorporated into it? No, 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 just some doodles. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just a little designy doodly thing, yeah. Yeah, so there's one of those on, on top. And mm-hmm. uh, below that first line, the tat begins, and it says, A girl should be two things. Oh, no. <laughs> two, Phil, two whole things. Yeah. No right. more, no less. No more, no less. A girl should be two things. Uh, and then the next line, it says the things, blank and blank. What do you think they are? So this is the first line. No, this, these are both lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first line... Are they, are they a word each or like a little sentence each? Uh, a word each. Word and okay. word. A girl should be these two things. Blank and blank. Um, nice and nasty. <laughs> oh, that's not a bad guess. Um, I would say uh, um, uh, make it a bit more like uh, fan- fancify it a bit. Uh, elegant and devious. <laughs> You're so close. A girl should be two things: classy and fabulous. Arr! It's even it's more obvious. I put a twist on it that didn't even need to be there. Exactly. You thought it's it just was, two good things. It's just two good things. Also, they're they're both capitalized, like we're speaking German for some reason. <laughs> and classy I, und fabulous. Yeah, classy und fabulous. What I like about it, Phil, is classy and fabulous are not like opposites. There's a lot of overlap there. There's overlap. Uh Yes, there's enough overlap that you don't need both words, but also enough different about them that you're kind of talking about two different people. Yeah. I think someone who is fabulous is often not classy, because class is about sort of understate, understated yes. beauty, yes. isn't it? Or, or just being able to politely rebuff the advances of an old rich man. It always seems to basically be that. <laughs> I, I, I love that this... <laughs> This tat has survived demolition. Because tat survives. Yeah. Tat lives on. You, you, you can, tat you can always kill finds me. a way. Yeah, you can kill me, but you'll never kill tat. You can't kill an idea. You can't <laughs> kill tat. You are only killing a, a tat man. You are not killing tat. <laughs> you cannot kill the idea that girls should be two things, classy and fabulous. <laughs> I will die for live, laugh, love. <laughs> wow. So, um, what I also like is that I like the idea of someone going, yes, she is classy, but is she fabulous? Because <laughs> really, a girl should be two things. Yes, she's, she's halfway there. She's classy, but her fabulousness needs a work. Her fabule. Her fabulation. Her fabule. Her fabulation. And do you know who's that's a, and the, there's a third line, Phil. It attributes the quote to someone. Who do you think who do you think allegedly said that on this tat? What famous Albert Ein, Albert Einstein. <laughs> a girl should be two things. Classy or fabulous. C equals F squared. Um I it'll, it'll, it'll be Marilyn Monroe. Ooh, you're it's close. Always Marilyn Monroe. You're close. Oh, okay. Um, um and it's 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 um Aubrey Hepburn. 
Oh, you're so close. Audrey Hepburn. Oh, come on. Um, not American. Not American. Uh, oh, um, the uh, Kate Middleton. Uh, why don't I know any non-American women? Uh, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> you insist on only is, knowing is. American women. <laughs> I try if I can help it. Um, yeah. B- Boudicca. Boudicca, final answer. <laughs> Coco Chanel, of course. Ah, of course that is that fucking Nazi. Of course you yes. <laughs> Um Listeners, I'm sure we've told you this before, but Coco Chanel was a Nazi collaborator who stole uh, money and property from Jewish businesses and had affairs with members of the Nazi, uh, uh, the SD, Sicherdienst, or however you pronounce it, uh, the, their kind of secret service. Uh, so yes, a true... Well, the, the, secret, the secret to much of Coco's success was her ability to uh, collaborate. Yes, yes, to work together. Nazis, designers, whoever. Yeah. <laughs> Chanel's first big collaboration <laughs> was <laughs> with the Third Reich. Her first big, uh, yes, uh, Hitler was indirectly her first big collab. <laughs> oh, he was quite the, he was the real influencer at the time. Yeah, that's why Chanel number one, the perfume was delivered via a grenade. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I I love that Chanel the Na- Coco Chanel the Nazi has become a sort of theme of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just um, she's come to represent so many things that are annoying. That the more we can make people aware that she was a fascist collaborator, the more that those annoying things might go away at least t- a bit. <laughs> at least a bit. Because everyone always pipes up with that Hugo Boss semi-true fact. Well, that that he did the old uh, outfits. Yeah, he did the the nice uniforms. Is that not true? Um, I think the factories made the uniforms. I don't know. I don't think it's true that Hugo Boss himself sat with a pencil and drew out the letters SS on a little collar and all the rest of it. But right, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's true enough to you know be said repeatedly in pubs, which is what it is. But, um. Yeah, it's pub true. Pub true. It's pub true. Exactly. It's um, the kind of thing you you tell your friend um, just as George spews hot vomit onto your face onto, <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> well, did you know that Hugo Boss actually? Blah, blah, sick boy. <laughs> sick boy. Sick boy strikes again. A city under siege. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all these, all these uh, detectives pouring barrels of vomit into the drains. <laughs> Pour it all away, boys. Every drop. <laughs> <laughs> the people of Maidenhead are crying out for sick boy. <laughs> Stalking Maidenhead's lonely rooftops. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, Kieran sends us a good photo of some of something we haven't had in a while: p- uh, pointless, nonsensical mottos. Ooh, mm. is it? Oh, it's not like one of the um, an old man said to a pigeon. <laughs> one of those. It's not one of those sort of made up. Te- oh like, no, no! It's like taste your beautiful or, or 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 re re reinstall oh, okay. your yum or whatever the fuck. Like a marketing marketing tat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, Bonjour, Podbuds. Just a quick one. The Tiger Tiger in Newcastle closed in the latter part of last year and reopened as a bar named Eden and maintains its questionable reputation. Uh, <laughs> Eden. George? One, one for you there, George? Yeah. You can make it quick. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I only noticed the motto recently. Lots of lonely isolation love, Koji Kieran. So there's a photo here of Eden, and I will say this. The f- outside of the bar looks like... Um, it looks like a sort of uh, only just starting out uh, chain of travel hotels. Okay, okay. It doesn't really okay. look like a bar at all. Like one of those hotel chains that you think, oh, this will be reasonably priced because it's a gross hotel chain and it's £300 for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. One of and those it, hotels. And, and it presents itself as this like monolithic, un- uncommunicatable with sort of chain. And then you discover there's, there's three. There's three of them. <laughs> so yeah. the, uh, the name of the bar, Eden, is there with a serifed lowercase font, which is odd, like Times New Roman lowercase looks like. Okay. Um, the second way, yeah. E, however, Phil, is backwards. Ooh. Ugh. Yuck. Yuck, indeed. Um, however, underneath, the motto of Eden is, and these are all capitalized, drink, dance, dine, and discover. <laughs> discover. Discover. What's there to discover? Dine. What are you going to discover? Dine. I guess you could discover that Hugo Boss designed... The Nazi uniforms. <laughs> I always love when like a scuzzy nightclub is like dine. It's like dine in. Yeah, it's like when dine in is on McDonald's. Will you be dining in? <laughs> Tonight we dine at Eden. <laughs> a filled yeah, potato you, skin for milady. If you can dance in a place, then you can't dine in there. I think you can only have one of those two in the same room. Yes. You can eat. You can eat and you can dance in the same place. <laughs> yeah. You can't dine and dance you in the same dine. place. You can't dine. You can't dine. It's not safe to carry a flaming crepe Suzette across a d- crowded dance floor. <laughs> you can't. Oh, what happened to Suzette? Poor Suzette. <laughs> you, 
You can't carry a sizzling teriyaki platter through a dance floor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Discover, though. That's interesting. Discover. Meaningless. Absolutely meaningless. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. <laughs> I think we someone sent us a screenshot of a text where we get negged. Well, you and I get negged. Yeah, well, like the podcast, kind of. It's like quite an odd response <laughs> to a podcast. Okay. So Oliver says, hello, poop stars. <laughs> um, he says, I'm currently on episode 49, having started just a few weeks ago, a Pistorian. Good work. Yeah. Going through the archives. Yeah. yeah. And he says, and it only took a global pandemic to find you guys. Attached uh, below is my most bud pod attempt to spread the podcast. They clearly weren't impressed by the superb scatological stories. Mm. Um, so in the text, he's messaging uh, someone. And he says, uh, did you guys listen to that podcast? Oh, no. And then someone called Katie is replying. And she says, I did, but then I got bored as I don't really like people talking at me whilst I'm doing something, so I turned it off. Right, okay. I mean, that... That is what all that podcasts we're going to have are. To, that we're going to have to leave at Katie's door, that one. Because <laughs> there's very little we could have done about that. <laughs> yeah, she's the one who was doing stuff. We, we recommend that people lie perfectly still and focus entirely on listening to us. God damn it, this podcast's terrible. Can't they see I'm busy? <laughs> I did, but then I got bored as I don't really like people talking at me whilst I'm doing something, so I turned it off. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you like the nightclub? Um, it was alright, but I got bored because I don't really like dancing while music's being played at me. Yeah, it's all very distracting, isn't it? It's a... I couldn't find the time to sit and eat a full roast dinner whilst focusing only on listening to a podcast or whatever exactly. We, w- we, want, we want all our podbuds to listen to this podcast like they're a lonely teenager in the 80s, just lying on their beds with headphones plugged into a record player, with their, was just staring at the ceiling with their fingers interlaced on their stomach. Yeah. That's, that's how you have to listen to this podcast yeah 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 or floating in a kind of clear liquid with loads of like um wires coming out of you in a big tube yeah 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 what were those tanks called an isolation tank that's what you need for this yeah, podcast. yeah yeah yes. <laughs> yes some people who've done it say you can you, you can actually smell the poo it's so <laughs> engrossing you can you feel like you're doing the poo <laughs> Well, you feel like you are the poo, probably, floating in an isolation tank. (laughs) People report the feeling of terror that they're about to be flushed, yes. (laughs) Um, Yes, okay. So, uh, Christine gets in touch. Christine the Queens. Yes, she says, good morning, peepees. Thank you. Uh, she says, seen. I do my daily exercise at 6 a.m. Because, one, Oof. I know, 6 a.m. One, I can avoid the dinguses who make it super hard for me to keep two meters away from them. Which is fair. fair. Enough, yeah. 
And two, to be honest, there's not much other shit to do at the moment in the day. Now is, not the, uh, now is the time to not have small children and a full-time job you can do from home, I can tell you. Fair enough. Uh, so is that, is that why Christine's up already? Because my, my, my solution to that problem would be wake up later. Mm. But if you, if you don't have enough to do, just you know, be unconscious for, for more amount of time. Oh, no, she says but there's too much other shit to do in the day. Okay, no, because she is that person. Ah, okay, 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 that makes sense. All right, there we go. So she says, so on my morning walk today, choosing the song for the day for that 30-day song challenge, because that's what I've been to reduce to. Uh, What is this challenge? Is it like a a new song every day? Oh, yeah, post a song a day to show that you love songs or whatever. Okay. Um, And this monstrosity jumps out at me. I felt weird taking a picture of someone's house, so I did it all stealthy-like. And it's a picture through a front door. Uh, oh wow into the house yeah into the house with some visible tat (laughs) and this is some investigative uh tat journalism yes and it's some tat we've actually been sent on twitter uh recently as well i think in a different form we've it's popped up here and there this tat but i don't think we've ever addressed it on the podcast um it says phil what if the hokey cokey really is what it's all about Oh no! Mm. Yeah, I mean the thing about that is you hear that once. You hear someone say that once. What if the hokey cokey really is what it's all about? You go, ah, uh, yeah, no, that's pretty fun. Yeah, quite interesting. Yeah, that's um, a funny joke. Yeah, you don't want to see that in your hallway every. Jokes get old quick. Jokes get old the second time you hear them, let alone yeah. the five thousandth. So I, why would you put that up in your house? I've never it's heard a joke so good that I want to carve the joke out of wood and have it in my room. Mm. No, and I've heard you. some amazing jokes. <laughs> like, I would get sick of the best ever, you know, whatever, Dave Chappelle, Stuart Lee, whatever routine, if it was carved in wood and I had to fucking look at it every day. <laughs> Yeah, you'd you'd go and say, "What do you do? You think the person who lives in that house ever tells that joke in to to someone outside the house?" I think that's why they have it up. Like so as they leave the house, they look at it and they go, "One a day, one a day." <laughs> do you and think she, they, they 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 see a friend and the friend is like, uh, "Hey, you remember the hokey cokey?" And this person goes. What if the hokey cokey really is what it's all about? And the other person goes, <laughs> "Yeah, okay." Is that, is that person then thinking, thank goodness I have that joke pinned up on my wall every day, so they, I remember to do it when the opportunity arises. Well, no, but like when, when, when they go see the friend, and the friend goes, hey, do you remember doing the hokey cokey when you were kids? And they, like, the excitement of it finally coming up, they're just like, ah, huh, what if the hokey, it's all about <laughs> and the hokey cokey, and fuck! Mess it up. <laughs> fuck! I couldn't have been more prepared for this. I couldn't have been more ready. They just go home and silently Every burn their house Every fucking day I look ground. at that thing. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, funny email from Andrew where he just says, Hi, Phil and Pierre. Historically, I'm not a great sleeper, but I found your podcast uh, recently and I find listening to an episode when I go to bed has me uh, asleep in minutes. Fabulous. <laughs> well, thanks, Andrew. That's really kind of you. <laughs> thanks, Andrew. Thank you for that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I guess you were you 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 were just too uh, engaged before. 
Yes, I think so. Oh, we before you, fa- you found our podcast, you were just uh, you're too interested in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a fantastic email here from uh, Josh, who is the founding father, also known as George Washington. Oh, very good. So I good think to see he, you again, sir. Yeah, he's Josh of old. Yeah. George Washington himself. And the title of this email is The Blair Poop Project. <laughs> okay. Which is good. Is this about the Iraq War? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was something of a something of a shit show. Yeah, thanks, Tony <laughs> Blyer. <laughs> to say the least. Uh so he says, Dear Novellington Boot and Harry Bow Wangtastics. Okay, I like yeah. that. Founding Father mm. Josh here, also known as George Washington. Uh, listening since day one, silently supporting the bum bum life. <laughs> and I'm finally throwing my shat into the ring. Lovely. I like that a lot. Beautiful. I like that a lot. Throwing your shat into the ring. <laughs> Get that carved up. Pop it on your wall. Put that in your hallway. Put that in your hallway. That's a funny phrase. Put that in your hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he says uh, I have a harrowing tale of a moment in my life so suppressed some could say I'm psychologically constipated wow okay but it's time to irrigate that mind bowel and share it with my fellow brothers and sisters yep many moons ago I was once on a summer holiday in the Lake District with my family and our family friends one of whom I had taken a liking to oh hmm Hopefully within the family friends. Yes, and not wearing any family members' pants. (laughs) Uh, A bunch of us kids were out one afternoon on the the lake on a a little rowing boat, splashing around and frankly having a gay old time. I really felt as though I was making a connection with one of the girls in the other family, and things were moving along swimmingly, if you pardon the bum. Uh, they come out of nowhere. That's what I like about them. You never expect them. It's good. Um, it was all. <laughs> um, it was all very swallows and Amazons until the moment I felt a little poo pocket brewing in my innards. What swallows and Amazons? Um, is a book and then a film or a TV adaptation? Sort oh, okay. of idyllic frolicking of young young English summer time in lakes and very things. Good. Isn't it? That's, that's gotcha, one of the scenes. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so a little a little hot pocket was brewing in his belly. Um yes. One second, where's it gone? Um yes, so things were going along swimmingly, if you pardon the bum. It was all very swallows and Amazons, until the moment I felt a little poo pocket brewing in my innards. Remaining calm and collected, I rowed us over to a nearby dock surrounded in forest. Very nice. Mm. Calm and collected enough to row them all over, too. I like that. Um, Yeah. Remaining calm and collected, I rowed us over to a nearby dock surrounded in forest that I felt was safe enough for me to go and get my bottom business dealt with. I hastily jumped off the boat, leaving my sisters and the other lovely ladies to chill out and wait for my return. What did he tell them they were doing? What did he tell them he was doing? Um, I, I, I... it's, it's probably sort of acceptable that boys go for wheeze in the woods, so he might have said a wee, a whiz was. Excuse me, ladies, I need to go and find some twigs. <laughs> I left a twig here earlier today, and uh, I need it. I need it for something. Um, at this point, I was reaching Deathcon Bum. 
<laughs> got nice. it again. He got me again. <laughs> and, speed, and speedy delivery of this pooey poltergeist was imperative to ensure my summer romance got underway. Yes, yes, yes. Got many a poo. Many poos got in the way of a, a burgeoning romance for me. I can tell you. Uh, there's nothing worse than a than a a, a a a poo in the in the way of romance. You'd think the body would know to suppress it as an evolutionary device. You yeah, you'd think it would go. You know what? We can leave this. Yeah, there's something. There's more important stuff at play here. Yes, you'd think, wouldn't you, that it would? Because sometimes uh, you can definitely. Um, you can definitely hold a poo more than a wee. I'll say that. Yes, I think you're right. Yes. I've, and I've, yeah. I've always told people that you say that. And you're right. <laughs> I've got it carved in a piece of wood in my... In my uh... <laughs> Put that in your hallway. Put that in your hallway. Oh, I like that. Put that in yeah. your hallway. Um, so... He says, finding a small ditch shielded by bushes, I felt I was safe enough to unzip my wetsuit down to my ankles. Oh, that's a new This is a thing. reveal. A wetsuit. A wetsuit? I had not been picturing a wetsuit up to this point. No. I was picturing that he was dressed like a, a, a little frat boy. Very hard to hide a turtle head when you're wearing a wetsuit. It's true. It's true. Hard enough to hide your bollies. <laughs> so... He felt he was safe enough in this ditch shielded by bushes to unzip his wetsuit down to his ankles and get chitten. God, this is not going to end well. Little did I know, my afternoon plop parade was being presented to a small raccoon at my rear. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. As I turned to look for a sizable leaf to clean the mess, I was met by the furry perv. And <laughs> did he grab it? <laughs> Grabbing my shit in handfuls and throwing it back at me. <gasps> what? <laughs> wow. That's, a, that's an incredible story. Because that's where the raccoon like... lives. Fuck you. What are you doing? <laughs> ah! ah, just heading back home. Another day of being a raccoon. Gosh, life is good. Ah! <laughs> oh, look. Uh, some sort of river man. Well, that's a... Uh, ah! Ah! Oh, he seems to be peeling off his skin and exposing his... What? No. What the... What's he doing? That's my... Ah! <laughs> Man. Also, they do kind <laughs> of have know. little hands, don't they? They have little hands. And I just imagine this thing going, to get your shit out of here. Just throwing stuff at him like they just had a terrible breakup. Yeah, yeah, Take yeah, yeah. your shit and go. <laughs> yeah, the record's going, take that and that. <laughs> So, as he turns around to look for a leaf to clean up the mess, met by the furry perv grabbing my shit in handfuls and throwing it back at me. That's incredible. In my initial response to the fecal throwing, I felt it best to collect as much of my brown package as possible and discard it elsewhere. Yes, deprive the enemy of ammunition. <laughs> smart. <laughs> this is the more... That's like a cartoon character, this, this raccoon. I'd, yeah. So uh, uh, I felt it best to collect as much of my brown package as possible and discard it elsewhere. This quickly turned into a scrap, with us both trying to claim the dung as our own. <laughs> it's <mean>. Wow! <laughs> uh, <laughs> until the moment my lady love came round the corner looking for me. <laughs> I tell you, it's mine. 
are, are you are you in there? It's my, who are you talking to? It's mine. He just turns a corner. He's fighting a raccoon for his own shit. Yeah. So he's, he came around the corner looking for me. So there I was, wetsuit around my ankles, shit in hand, facing off with a wild animal. <laughs> <laughs> All three of us stood there, looking back at fo- back and forth at each other, like an excrement standoff. <laughs> Very good excrement standoff. Oh very, man, very nice. Not I'm imagining only is this a great story, but he's keeping it up with the puns. Wow, oh, yeah. I'm 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 picturing this um li- uh, happening to the tune of um, "Ecstasy of Gold" by Ennio Morricone. That's the raccoon singing <laughs> with a hand fistfuls of sh- a fistful of shit <laughs> instead of a fistful of dollars. He's the and then the sequel, the a few West. turds more. <laughs> <laughs> the good, the bad, and the raccoon. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, there I was, wetsuit around my ankles, shit in hand, facing off with a wild animal. All three of us stood there, looking back and forth at each other like an excrement standoff. Needless to say, romance didn't blossom from this horrific incident. In fact, she ran off into the woods, screaming and crying, and to this day hasn't looked me in the eye again. <laughs> I think this lady should have more appreciation for the incredible scene she had the privilege of witnessing. Yeah, reader, I married him. <laughs> That's what it should say. That's an amazing getting into a fight with a raccoon over your own feces. That is also. I mean, she's encountering him, right? Not only fighting with a raccoon over your turd, but with a pooey bum and presumably just some dangly dick and balls and. <laughs> thing is if she liked him in that state they were meant to be together so yeah he, you don't you know he, he, you know he what josh skipped a, a whole bunch of dating to figure out that really they weren't for each other yeah you know what josh you don't want to marry someone who doesn't think that that situation is not only funny but significant <laughs> artistically culturally whatever um, I mean, that's a story to tell the, drag- the grandkids. Yeah. Perfect story to tell we're, the grandkids. Yeah. So he says, uh, anyway, love the pod. Listen so regularly. I feel we're all good pals. So I wanted to open up and share oh. with you my Trumpy tale. Yours faithfully, uh, yours always faithfully, Jack, founding Father Joshua, George Washingbum. Thank you, George Washingbum. If only you did wash your bum. Well, that's it. That's it. You would have had to go to the lake to sort that out. I'm quite sure. <laughs> yes, you want to you want to be absolutely clear on that. Otherwise, you'll end up with like a wetsuit that keeps in pooey water, so you stay warm. The thing is, I mean, Josh would have eventually had to go back to that boat, and that's a conversation I'd love to see. Him getting back. Yes, to the boat. because when the rest Throw of them, she's back. all crying and oh. upset, and the rest are like, what did you do? What did you do in that wood? Or they just say, what happened? And it's like, we, I can't. <laughs> it's, just, it's a raccoon. <laughs> a raccoon? Look, look, we'll discuss it later, please. <laughs> Are you doing anything later um, tonight? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks very much, Josh. That's, that's all the time we have for this uh, correspondence special. It is. Thank you again for all your wonderful uh, emails and correspondence. They are a treat and a privilege. Yes. Thank you, guys. And keep jacking it. Enjoy your week. Bye. Keep jacking everyone. See you all in a bit. Bye-bye. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.